I'm Hannah Holmgren, and this is my history of psychedelics pod. Maybe eventually could spiral into history of drugs pod, but for all intents and purposes, it's one episode. Um, yeah, and I'm here with Michaela and Claire of Wisconsin Madison. Um, Wisconsin Madison or Madison Wisconsin? Madison Wisconsin. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, and they're here to to talk through this with me. Um, very happy to be here. Thank you for having us, Hannah. Very excited. <laughs> very grateful. Very blessed. So You're welcome. Blessed. I'm feeling blessed that you guys are willing to do this. Because um, this is for my museum studies class, junior year. Uh, Professor Alexander, shout out. Um, this class was so awesome. And for this final project, I kind of got to do whatever I wanted to do, as long as I could relate it back to material culture. Um, and I was already doing a lot of, just out of my own curiosity, a lot of research on history of psychedelics. And I realized that there actually is a lot of material culture. Um, yeah, I'll, I have a whole presentation that I'll, I'll sh share with you guys. We can talk through it. Um, but yeah, the more research I did, the more I realized that like history of psychedelics is so huge. I couldn't just talk about all of it in one podcast. Like the more digging I did, the more I realized that this podcast is just like a, a little dip our little piggies into the the, the surface of this topic. Um, so yeah, I mostly am going to be talking about magic mushrooms and the history of them. And then um, I do talk about ergot for a little bit, which is a fungus. Mm. So that's like the same. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like, there's so many natural psychedelics. Um, and then there's also synthetic psychedelics like LSD. I, DMT. <laughs> the, the other, well, DMT is found, that's not, uh, DMT is found in um, plants. Oh, um, yeah, good try, Michaela. I thought it was <laughs> Yeah, because, I well, did too. Because we have a friend who said that his roommate was making it in his bathtub, so we I do? just... just... Oh, yeah, I mean, I think you... I'm yeah. not like... This, uh, please do not, anyone listening, do not take this as fact, but I'm pretty sure DMT is found in plants and you can take it out and synthesize it, because that's like what LSD oh. is. LSD is... Um, or got oh. synthesized. Oh, I didn't know. I thought um, it was completely made in the lab. Mm -mm. Like it is made in the lab, but with nature. Um, but yeah, LSD would need like five episodes of its own. Like I started to, mm -hmm. to dive into that and then I had to, to back out because it was just too much. Right. Um, like so MKUltra alone. Just to ask about that like scientific aspect, I don't know if you know like about all of that but like the I, I in one of the readings that you had me do it said like the main chemical that makes the like hallucinogenic effects was like cybocillin or something psilocybin is that like the same it like is that the chemical that is in all psychedelics uh or they're different no ones? no i, I don't think so that's definitely I, what mushrooms is but yes right. i think a lot of them are psilocybin Okay. Um, By the way, but, in case anyone was curious, DMT is found as a minor alkaloid in bark pods and beans. So. Yeah, like I think psilocybin and DMT are their own. I do want magic beans. That'd be awesome. Yeah, we should pop some magic beans later. <laughs> um, After the pod. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I also want to just like on the top talk about 
um, just like respecting mushrooms for what they are. Um, there's a lot of, obviously I'm gonna talk about it. There's a lot of history there, um, but the history of it in the United States is very much centered around partying, um, having a good time, party drug, which like, you know, you can do what you want with it. Um, but it's, it, it has its roots in being medicinal. Um, and as a country, we're like trying to come back to that medicinal purpose of it. Um, so sure yeah. Certain communities, certain communities are trying to get back to the medicinal aspect. Well, Native American, like natives have always sort of kept the medicinal aspect, but we're right. scientists around the United States are getting okay. to the medicinal. So, so, so like scientific community. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. And so it's becoming legalized, decriminalized in different places. So that's pretty cool. Oh, okay. So, the, so it's Oregon. actually the government as well. That's Sh not federally, that. but yes. Um, shout out okay. Denver. Shout out Ann Arbor, Michigan. Shout out Ann Arbor, um, Michigan. Shout out Ann Arbor, Michigan. Because just the, the city. Yeah, because that's where the um, university is, um, and they're doing research there. So, okay. Um, that's mostly why it has become decriminalized and legalized, is like for There's research a lot of purposes. Research at UW actually. Is there really? Ann Arbor grad school. I'm not going to, to Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> yeah, and also, um, I guess I can talk about this later, but there, there's a lot of pieces of this that I don't have the full picture for because mm. we don't know the full picture. Um, mm. So just keep that in mind. But okay. I, I figured we'd start at the, uh, the beginnings of humanity whoa um because there's a theory yeah, it's a great place to start because <laughs> there's this there's this theory called the stoned ape theory um and uh, michaela did some research on it as well uh and uh it's it was made up made up by this guy terence mckenna and his brother dennis um so it, he's not like a scientist scientist he i forget the word for it but he uh his specialty is in medicinal plants so i guess he you know he's got some area this is his area of expertise but his theory is not like super super um super respected uh just because there's not that much evidence but like obviously there's not that much evidence because this theory goes back to um i believe it's like 40,000 years. Generally, the theory is that um, before we were the humans that we are evolved to be today, uh, we were taking psychedelics, uh, specifically mushrooms. And um, the, that is sort of the bridge, the connection between this leap in self-consciousness that humans had um, when suddenly we were making art and language um yeah and so the theory comes from this guy's book terence uh, food of the gods uh written in 1992 and um like i said not enough evidence to like fully support this but the theory is that taking psychedelics was passed on as a top behavior obviously like that can't be ingrained in our dna to like 
the psychedelic experience is not ingrained in DNA, but the top behavior is thought to maybe have helped shape language, art, all that fun stuff. Um, Cause yeah, I'm pretty sure 40,000 years ago was when we um, started to become, well, when the first cave art shows up. Uh, yeah, but it, this, this theory, like it's really hard to say if it's a good or a bad one because it's, it's like super plausible. There's nothing about it that um, is like, we can prove that it's wrong, but like we just, yeah, the evidence doesn't hold us on a water, especially some of the evidence he presents. Uh, I think that he just like was really trying to back up his book. Like he has a theory on, um, on how psychedelics can make your vision better which is not true. You're just focusing mm. more. It's more of like a, a metaphorical vision, I guess, or like mm. a, a third a eye vision. vision. Yeah, Where yeah, you're yeah, sort yeah. of, <laughs> yeah, like where, you know, you, you take shrooms and then you're just like staring at something really hard because it's just like, you can see every little detail in it, but yeah. you can see that anyways, you're just not looking at it. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, what I thought was the most interesting aspect of that theory um was that it also was the emergence of like self-awareness and self-reflection for humans yeah um mm -hmm. which that made a lot of sense to me like again like like you said it's not necessarily backed up by evidence but just from personal experience like obviously like i am a person who has self-reflected before my experience with shrooms but it does make sense in terms of like if you we think to the conditions of like that many years ago like I think that humans were very focused on survival and like, you know, the material conditions around them. And it's like, they didn't really have a reason to think of the self and like reflect for the self as, as far as I know, I don't know. I, I wasn't living in that era. So I don't know. I, I wasn't. So I don't know like for what reason they would have to just reflect, but like, if they were taking shrooms, like, you know, that is an experience that really puts you inside your own mind and like thinking about yourself and mortality um so that like totally makes sense for me that that would be like the emergence of that yeah yeah we just we, we got big brain you know mm -hmm. um and nobody really knows where that came from and yeah no I think you're right that self-reflection like I don't know it it just it this seems plausible to me I don't know I don't know exactly how accurate it, it is and we'll never know but mm -hmm. yeah like that that makes sense to me I mean, like, like, I think the, in the article that I read about it, like it said, like, you know, this for sure, like definitely, like, even if this theory is true, it's definitely not the only thing that led to humans being the way that we are now. Like there's definitely like, yeah. factors, definitely, like, definitely. But, but I don't think that like, you know, that can be completely ruled out as one of the factors that yeah. have made us the way that we are. Totally. Totally. Um, yeah, and I, when I was doing this research, I was getting so caught up on, on the idea of, like, being a caveman on shrooms. I should, like, can you yeah. you're in your cave, you're picking berries, and you're, like, just thinking about how one with the earth you are. I don't know, that's so cool. Um, yeah. I bet so Okay, cool. so can I, can I pull, like, a quote from the, oh, yeah, the article do it. that, like, that was about it, this topic? It said that, it, um, 
that the Terrence McKenna and my my ecologist Paul uh, Stemitz Stemitz argue that um, these mushrooms may have allowed our ancestors to forge connections between sounds, symbols, and meanings, which is the essence of the creative explosion, human language, symbol manipulation, and communication. So I thought that that was interesting. That like they argue that it's the connection between everything that we have in our material world to like create meaning and symbols. Um, and again, like I just think that that wasn't needed when you're just literally focusing on survival and yeah. like you know just material things to just you know live but like you know with like humans are so amazing and we have all these big ideas and you know metaphorical you know symbols and culture and I think that like how that was created was making those connections whether that be through shrooms or not totally you know? totally no I like that quote I yeah I I almost read a similar quote but um yeah, it does make me wonder though, because animals take psychedelics. That was one thing I, I, I watched a video of this leopard just like tripping balls. And That's so funny. Um, yeah. Well, like, how did it behave? Um, he just was like, <laughs> he just was like on the ground rolling around and staring at the, the, the trees really hard and just like, mm. he was zoned. Um, but the theory is that some big cats will seek them out because it sharpens their hunting abilities. Mm. Um, I wonder what that's like like for them because, I mean, we don't know what goes on inside animals' minds, but we don't think it's like complex thought like humans have, you know? So it's like, what are they, is it just like a sensational like feeling thing for them or like, do they think? <laughs> I, I think <laughs> they like, think, I don't know. That's also, that's, that's interesting to bring up because it's like, okay, like, let's say we took this theory as complete fact, like shrooms caused humans to be like, you know, salient creatures, like, you know, so if that, if that's like, oh, that's proven to be fact, then like, wouldn't it be like, oh, if animals also take psychedelics, wouldn't they also behave the way that well, we do and like also like like become because, humans? That's what I'm thinking. I feel like it's because of the human brain though, specifically, like, cause we, our brains are like, more developed or like bigger and and have more like neural connections than like a leopard for example so yeah. like even if they had the psychedelics I don't think that would make them like yeah speak English like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's gonna be like just every time yeah. you take shrooms just like start reciting poetry yeah <laughs> I just think that that we also have not that animals don't have community but I think humans have like uh, such a sense of community and I mean I guess shrooms like brought it could have brought the culture out of us but I think we are just better equipped to pass things along you know you think I mean I, I feel know. like animals really have a lot of sense of community and like they travel together and like live together and survive right. together and they provide for each other to survive which like in today's society we don't do that a ton for for humans but i think we do have the ability to just as animals do to share with each other and like we have created culture which animals don't necessarily like have but i don't know if that's like we inherently can form communities better than animals yeah yeah i don't know it's, it's curious it's very it's curious. curious very curious um all right well now that we're talking about animals and, and cave art and all that uh i have a, a lot of cave art to show you um, okay okay so uh earliest evidence Whoa, of that's cool. mushrooms like aliens yeah 
they do kind of look like aliens. I'm going to be putting the um, link to this in the description so everyone listening can, if they want, can look through all the different photos I have here. Um, but yeah, these are uh, from some Australian caves here at the top. Um, 10,000 BC is when they date back to which like when I learned that I just couldn't even wrap my mind around that no I can't um, wrap my brain around that no. at all like I don't even know what that means no 10,000 years before Christ, Christ yeah himself. before oh. Christ himself um yeah which is just so crazy to me like these people were just like living in caves doing mushrooms mm-hmm. um, honestly crazy. that like this image um for the listeners out there it's like little guys and their brains, like they kind of look like mushrooms. Like their heads are like melting over the sides almost, it looks like. And like that that is how it feels. That's totally how it feels. Yeah. <laughs> that is how it feels. Um yeah. Their they're, minds are so huge. They're like yeah. little red guys. And uh the shamans of the I believe it's Sandaway. I might be pronouncing that wrong. Um their people. Uh, are the ones to thought to have drawn these um and the shamans of that community have confirmed that these are depictions that represent the experience of being on magic mushrooms um and because these are so similar even though these are from different communities uh they're both australian caves around the same area the the branshaw culture um it can be assumed that it's the same like these look uh, these look so similar um mm-hmm. but yeah they're just they look like little mushroom guys but also their brains are freaking melting yeah um, those are What's awesome going on in the second one here below yeah yeah so those are from spain those are like thought to be the next earliest um i think right no not the next earliest Whoa. these are in spain um 4000 bc uh the theory behind these is that like I, can you see below there's the the bison bull whatever yeah yeah and below are the the mushrooms um oh all the little ones are... all the oh, little I ones see. down there yeah. Yeah, yeah and some mycologists have confirmed that it looks the most like psilocybe his, hispanica um mm-hmm. so, which is psilocybin based um and the theory is that these mushrooms must have been really important to them because everything else that was in this cave art was very like close to home for these peeps. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And mushrooms were not significant enough to the diet at this point mm. to be put on the wall. Like there's really. Mm, so that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, that's the theory behind those. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. We also have these. This is switching over to a different continent. This, these are uh, Mayan. Um, I really like these. I know. <laughs> these are so dope. Uh, they're from 1000 BC, and they were thought to be used in the rituals of grinding mushrooms up. Um, oh, like that, they use the little top part as like a, to crush them? I guess so. Oh, uh, little, like mortar and pestles. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you, cool. know, you got it. I got it. Um, <laughs> But for those listening at home not looking at them it's like they're just made of stone um there's one that's a frog and then it looks like a mushroom a, a thick mushrooms coming out of the back 
Uh, and then some of the others are people that are sort of like built into the mushroom. Um, this one at the bottom looks pregnant, uh, yeah. which is mm. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, these were found in Guatemala. Wait, sorry, um, not to like sidetrack, but just you saying this is pregnant. Do you know, like, is there any like medical, like, do they say to not do shrooms while you're pregnant? Is that like a thing? Does it affect the baby at all? Uh, no, I don't think that's a thing. Okay. I, I don't know though. I didn't. A lot of the science, like, would your little fetus to... be like tripping in there? <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe you'd come out with a little baby genius. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna try that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I don't. I don't know though. A lot of the science I tried to dive into, and it just wasn't. It wasn't clicking for me. That is not how my brain works. Yeah. Um, mm. So I just sort of steered clear of that. Yeah. Uh, it, it was just like a lot to wrap my head around and I already had a lot that I needed to wrap my head around for this and I just right right I couldn't do that um yeah but okay. I do know that uh, that lady's pregnant so um, Earth. and she seems fine <laughs> <laughs> she does seem fine yeah uh but yeah a lot of these were destroyed by catholic missionaries um, that sucks it does suck a lot uh i i would really love to dive deeper into that aspect of psychedelic history um so just like how it relates to modern christianity yeah i was gonna ask like is it like when you say catholic missionaries is it like they destroyed them because like they were colonizing and trying to suppress like native culture in order to you know like colonize or was it more like a this this spiritual practice is a direct opposition to our beliefs as christians i mean i guess that those connect I feel like those are yeah yeah it, yeah it's, they're they're kind of one in the same like I yeah yeah that, that cultural thing is like don't have that yeah right right <laughs> anything that goes against like their christian ideal yeah i mean it seems to me like the christians got pretty scared of um this aspect of their religion Mm -hmm. uh and sort of buried that deep down because psychedelics and um control kind of contradict each other um Mm, yeah and the structure of the church just demands power and control right um i mean there's even a hierarchy within the religion yeah yeah we can get deeper into that later because i claire and i both listened to a podcast I'm very about this. To get into that. <laughs> um, so we'll get into get deeper into that later, but uh, it's some crazy ish. Um, but yeah, I just I also wanted to note the toad because psychedelic toads are also a thing, um, and they're found here in North America. Oh right, the ones is it like if you touch them or you have to like lick them? I think you have to lick it. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're in. Know. I want to know who was the first person. Yeah, to lick like, a toad and then found that out. And like, honestly, how many other things out there are psychedelic? Just and we don't know because we haven't licked them yet. Right. True. <laughs> but there are a lot of things are psychedelic. Like it's kind of crazy. And I was curious. I was like, why? Why do animals have that as like a defense mechanism? Why do plants have that as a defense mechanism? Um, and if if they just killed us, like. God, I don't know if I'm going to get this exactly right, but if they just killed us, that's, 
not as useful to them as something that's going to make us dumb and not dumb, but going to make us forget. Like I listened, mm. I listened to this podcast called, um, it was a box podcast, uh, about why we love drugs. Um, mm. and this guy was talking about catnip and his cat and how he kept having to show his cat where the catnip was because mm. the cat would forget. Um, mm-hmm. and so just like that, that's that almost psychosis as a defense mechanism like is helpful because then they're not just killing off the the weak they're they're making it so they can't go back to whoever and spread the Mm -hmm. word spread the good word um yeah so that's really interesting because yeah those toads are in arizona like that's that's here united states i don't know yeah you can't you can't criminalize toads no, you, you can't criminalize don't. toads. I mean, somebody might try to. But... I'm sure someone's tried to. Yeah. <laughs> we could go to Arizona and start licking toads. Yeah, yeah. we should. That sounds like fun. Yeah, um, but apparently the toad trips, like, you trip balls. Oh, really? <laughs> it's not like taking mushrooms. Like, it is... Uh, no, it, apparently it's an insane experience. Um, and you did the whole, like, whole nine yards. You're vomiting, you're... So is this, is this something that's like common? Like, do people do this? No, no, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay. So this is also very early evidence. Some of the most compelling evidence. Um, These are, were found in Algerian caves and it's depicting a shaman. um, Mm. And the geometry in this is insane. Beautiful. So it's, 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 like a guy it's a shaman and his hands are mushrooms and Ooh. his whole body and there's mushrooms sprouting out of like the whole um oh, yeah, yeah. like right, right, right. frame of him mm-hmm. and uh, the whole inside is just like this really intricate geometry um mm-hmm. his head almost looks like a wasp or something like it, it totally like... does yeah no it totally does and the um, handprint beside is like so no it's so interesting it's it's kind of insane um but yeah, the and I like how he's got like an aura around it. Yeah, he does. He's like um, <laughs> I I think that that might just be the the one on the right is like a really grainy photo of the actual of the actual um oh that might cave be drawing. Like how it was processed, and then I think that was like oh uh, yeah. I see I see they tried to like but superimpose still. it or whatever onto that that's in a textbook. Um, yeah, so I don't know if he actually has the aura. Um, I think Mm -hmm. they just wanted to be able to get the handprint in and all that um right but yeah I don't I I really am curious about what this what his headpiece is too it's some sort of like feathery something I don't know Mm -hmm. he's really cool though holistic to me totally totally um yeah the theory is that this was just a shaman alone in the Sahara Desert um tripping and I, I don't know. The theory is that he wasn't tripping when he drew this, but it was like a painting he did about his experience mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. in this cave. Yeah, it's uh, too like clean to have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially if he's tripping so hard that he's seeing all of these. Um, right, like it's very detailed. All right. this geometry, yeah, uh, yeah. So that one's my favorite. That one's so cool. That's a that's a fairly famous one too in the psychedelic community. Um, this was really cool. This mushroom specifically, uh, <laughs> it's called, um, 
fly agaric, I think, agaric. Uh, and it, that is like the classic mushroom. It's mm. the red cap with the white spots. Yeah, it looks um, like toad. Like toad, yeah. No, it, it looks exactly like toad. Yeah. This one, this mushroom is everywhere. Like I was at work doing research for this and I looked up and we, I worked at a toy store. We had a, a card, like a, a card rack of birthday cards. And mm-hmm. I look up and there's a bunch of fairies sitting on these mushrooms on one of the cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and then a baby came in and he was wearing a little a little onesie the that had shirt. these mushrooms yeah. on it. I just like, they're everywhere. They're, they're Yeah, they definitely are like associated with like fairies. It's very like mystical. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, very mystical. And yeah, um, I was talking to a friend about them and all he knew was that they were toxic, um, which they are toxic because of the psilocybin. Like they you know they, they make you trip balls but mm-hmm. oh, god I keep saying that um but yeah <laughs> uh here are some cave paintings that were thought to be done under the influence of these mushrooms um it's four little people they all got mushroom heads um I love them that are roughly the same shape these are found in Siberia mm-hmm. uh and where these were found it's so cool it was like they described it as like an art museum um way up in these these rock formations it was just like everywhere you turned there were different um Hmm. different drawings uh but yeah these ones specifically are the mushrooms um yeah and these mushrooms are crazy there's a theory that the the legend of santa claus is based on these mushrooms because um the reindeer would eat them um like that was a big thing was in Siberia and still to this day I, I'm pretty sure reindeer will seek out these mushrooms so the people mm. of Siberia wouldn't just eat these mushrooms but they would also drink the urine of the reindeer um mm-hmm. yummy that they knew had eaten the mushrooms um yeah so that's that's pretty cool you can look up the myth of Santa Claus um Mm -hmm. and like the theories that people have because they're they're kind of funny um but I mean it would make sense like they're red he I think is thought to come from from eastern Europe pretty sure and Mm -hmm. uh yeah I mean the 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 reindeers were getting their magic on which is pretty cool um yeah but these to know like what people these were I'm, I'm looking right now to try to see because like you know Russia has a lot of different like groups like cultural groups so I'm trying to see who was in Siberia at that period like if it was Slavic people or like a different like indigenous group oh it's an Russia. indigenous group okay yeah I don't I don't I don't know if they know exactly what indigenous group um man I should have included that but yeah it, it's an indigenous group and not Slavic people it says I don't I don't know how you know um uh accurate the site is that i'm on so maybe don't take this as like truth but it says that they were taken in siberia and its purpose was to evoke visions of the mushroom spirits known as wapak and for divination healing a boost in physical endurance creating music interpreting dreams or memories and communicating with the dead so all of it yeah i mean so many different communities that were using these have like shamans that that I don't know that's just something that every community had was like this this person that had the mushrooms and would like 
yeah and they were used for those purposes for like dream interpretation for medicinal yeah. things uh, for creativity yeah um so yeah I think that much would be so cool um mm-hmm. yeah and if you ever find one um be careful <laughs> uh, no I because I think that they're like very powerful um yeah yeah uh, so here's an example that was found in the United States. This was in Southern California, um, thought to be about 500 years old. Um, so this is a psychoactive flower known as the Datura. It's very like spirally and cool and psychedelic. That is cool. Um, yeah, and they found in this cave, uh, it's just, the drawing is just of this plant. And, um, and in the cave, they found like little bits that whoever had done this chewed up and then shoved into the cracks of the, the cave. Um, oh, interesting. So yeah, when they found it, they like, yeah, they, they found this little, uh, little chewed bits, um, which is just so cool. Like the, 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 that's such concrete evidence that someone was in there tripping and drawing. Um, mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. one is also thought though to have been done after the fact. Because it's not, uh, apparently this plant is also very powerful and it's not, um, there's not like a bunch of geometry in this. It's just pretty much a drawing of the plant. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the, this was the Chumash people. Um, and they referred to using the Datura as pr- producing sacred dreams. Mm-hmm. Like that was their interpretation of it. Um, it's kind of beautiful yeah it's very cool yeah so this was something that Claire knows a little bit about um I am gonna really struggle to pronounce this (laughs) I like listen to a bunch of different videos Ulysses or something it's like Ulysses Ulyssinian Ulyssinian I think I don't know um but I'll, I'll I'll dig into that in a second but this this depicts uh two people um Hesamid um and Nestor I don't know I'm awful with Greek mythology like so awful um (laughs) but it's those two people and they're mixing the potion um called Kekion hold on I have how to pronounce it in my notes Kikion Kikion yeah thank you uh okay so yeah, that's it's it's Kikion. Um it's cool. Uh but I'll get into the mysteries now because that is just I have so much to say about this. This is so interesting. Um my friend Gabby. Wait, so what was that? Was that like a a mushroom or what uh uh-uh. it's what? a I'll, I'll, I'm about to get into it. It's a, yeah, okay. it's a potion with ergot in it. Um at least thought okay. to have ergot. So this was something that they were doing in Greece um, for over 2,000 years. Uh, and it started in roughly uh, 1,500 BC. Um, and something that, that I learned, and Claire learned this too, when we were listening to this podcast about the link between religion and, and psychedelics, um, that this was originally reserved for women, uh, which is kind of cool. This was like... Uh, I, it didn't last that way very long, but at first, like, this was just something that women could go do, and um, besides that, 
once it was phased out to everyone, it was literally everyone could come do this unless you murdered someone. That was like the one thing where they're like, okay, and you had you to can't. speak Greek, and you had to speak Greek because yeah, you're like on this experience with all of them. But yeah, Greek and no murder, but that's pretty easy. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and these were biannual ceremonies, uh, and this is sort of like. A historian's nightmare a little bit because these people were sworn to secrecy uh mm. you you could be murdered if you talked about it um which is so crazy uh, but they were rituals that uh they were a celebration of the harvest cycles uh and they were principally based upon the greek myth of demeter and the goddess of grain and agriculture uh and then their daughter persephone uh the gist of that story is she just she was kidnapped sent down to hell um and so them doing these mysteries are sort of like they're like doing the sacred walk because they had to walk <coughs> um the sacred way from athens to to ulysses or whatever um and they were they were supposed to be like reenacting demeter's search for uh the lost daughter i think it was also interesting in the article it said that like this like journey to the place where they did the like rituals was so important that it was the only like actual like road in like all of Greece. Yeah. Like they had like they had lots of like pathways and stuff, but this one was like the only one that was like officially like a road. Yeah. Um no, it was it was big for them. Um yeah, so what it was was I mean we don't know exactly what it was, but they would drink this drink called Kikion. Um and it's thought, not confirmed, but like they're pretty sure it has ergot in it, which would uh it was like a fungus that grows on barley and rye grain um and like i said used to synthesize lsd um yeah and and it's theorized that they were enacted twice a year so there were like the lesser mysteries those were in the spring and then the greater mysteries um for those who had done it in the spring like they could go and also do uh in september the greater mysteries um, but yeah, here's the gist. Uh, after drinking the kikion, the participants entered the telesterion, I think, which is like an underground theater. Um, and most likely it was a symbolic reenactment of the death and rebirth of Persephone. And hmm. the initiates would, you know, drink their little kikion and, and watch um, and take part in it. And it was reported that after these ceremonies, participants no longer feared death. Uh, hmm. which makes sense to me like just having the and I, I don't think it's that they thought they would never die but they felt they were going to move on and death wasn't such like a scary thing because they were going to have mm -hmm. this this rebirth like Persephone did um, mm -hmm. and it was also that they like they viewed taking the psychedelics themselves as a death and rebirth process like mm -hmm. you know people talk about like ego death when they take psychedelics and it was very much that kind of same concept where they were like we've already experienced one like type of death so like how scary can the next one be you know yeah mm. super cool stuff um but yeah the people of greece come together taking the potion and it fostered this really powerful sense of connection with each other um and because of this like the experience they just they were saying that this experience was a really powerful way to combat the feelings of isolation and depression uh yeah. that the winter had brought on um it That's was really cool it was like a rebirth like Clarence said mm -hmm. uh 
just like you know that the planet has this rebirth um yeah and and I do want to mention that like as much as it was open to everybody you had to be able to to make this dedication because you were like walking it was thought to be an 18th 18 month dedication in as a whole like you're you're really committing to doing this um Mm -hmm. so like and wasn't it no go ahead sorry I was just gonna say and also wasn't it like generally more the elites that did take part in this just because of the fact that it like was such a like intense process and wasn't it like they said like Plato and Socrates and like I think the article said anyone who was anyone. Yes, like, <laughs> anyone who was anyone. Yeah, I wrote down Plato, this. Socrates, Cicero. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's and- so crazy that like we don't talk about like the fact that like some of these the most like influential people in history, like we talk about them and give them so much credit for like what we believe now, but like don't yeah give any credit to you know the psychedelics that they were taking while they were having these discoveries and thoughts yeah because we like credit them as these great thinkers but it's right. like why do you think part like not entirely but like part of why they thought like yeah right, like they did no like obviously they're smart dudes but I just I think no doing this research was really eye-opening for me I just think that this is especially in the United States something that we um not to sound like a conspiracy theorist but like but they don't they don't want us to know about this we right we decided that psychedelics are illegal we've decided that they're bad yeah that we shouldn't do them so why would they tell us that all these great dudes that we look up to and like for their minds like took psychedelics yeah and you (laughs) you just said like you know like it's it like shrooms are kind of an opposition to like rules and control so that makes absolute sense yeah um but i want to read some quotes from this article uh this is worldhistory.org um so it's out there it's not like this information isn't out there uh Mm -hmm. yeah but it's not like taught in ap u.s history or (laughs) Um, i guess that won't be u.s history but you know what i mean european yeah yeah world history exactly so it says these rituals were based on a symbolic reading of the story sorry let me start over these rituals were based on a symbolic reading of the story of Demeter and Persephone and provided initiates with a vision of the afterlife so powerful that it changed the way they saw the world and their place in it. Participants were freed from a fear of death through the recognition that they were immortal souls, temporarily in mortal bodies. In the same way that Persephone went down to the land of the dead and returned to that of the living each year, so would every human being die only to live again on another plane of existence or in another body. Um, which I maybe to some people sounds like bullshit, but uh, like I believe that, and so the fact that people were in Greece so long ago doing these—I don't know—the fact that like everybody believed that everybody who was doing this was was having the same, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the same feeling from something that was just growing on a plant. Oh, that's cool. Um, another quote: It says Cicero writes. Uh, nothing is higher than these mysteries. They have not only shown us how to live joyfully, but they have taught us how to die with a better hope. Um, hmm. I, when I first read that, like it made me tear up a little bit. Just like that notion of dying with a better hope. Um, mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. Um, yeah. This also says initiates recognized their lives and had an eternal purpose, and they were not just living to die. Uh, I don't know I just think that's so nice um I think that's so nice like with the connection of like 
talking about throughout like all these experiences of like every community that uses shrooms talks about like feeling a higher connection to the world around you Mm -hmm. like the entire world like feeling connected to everyone and like the society that you live in like having that in connection with like purpose and hopefulness like is just a really like wonderful feeling I think yeah and like that being enough to live for yeah that's just cool um yeah here's here's another quote uh the Eleusinian mysteries differed from conventional religious practice in that initiates were experiencing firsthand what others were only hearing about in the temples. The traditional worship of the gods was founded on stories told of how the universe worked, the will of the gods, and what those gods had done. The difference between this kind of religious experience and that of the mysteries would be the same as that of acting in a play compared with hearing about a performance. The actors are going to have a much different and more meaningful experience. Even so, there was no indication that these initiates looked down on traditional religious practice or considered themselves superior. Um, But I think that is such an interesting way to think about religion and this disconnect Mm -hmm. that religion has from spirituality. Um, So true. Yeah, Yeah. I remember from um, the podcast that we both listened to, I like, along those lines when they were talking about how like the like the organized religion of like the church later when they were like suppressing these like rituals and being like hey don't do this anymore and part of like the reasoning behind that was like if you could find god on your own with psychedelics why would you need like an institution Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's why they didn't like psychedelics because they were like you know you have to come participate in the church um, so we can be more powerful and take over the world. Like no, exactly. I mean, that's what I meant. Yeah. Like power, having power is a direct opposition right. to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to be able to to be spiritually moved on your own. Um, and I do think that fostering communities is super important. Um, and like I think psychedelics will lead you down that path of wanting to connect to others because that's like part of it is you feel mm-hmm. connected with others, but yeah this structure of the church just isn't quite as necessary uh yeah yeah it's just I, I think that's so interesting like why if we had only let these people that were um I guess in a way like in charge of the psychedelics if we had let them emerge as leaders in the church like where would we even be uh, and that's kind of what the yeah, whole podcast totally. was about um uh, yeah, so that brings me to our, the podcast we listened to. So this was a Vox Conversations podcast uh, called Undercovering the History of Psychedelics and Christianity. Highly recommend this podcast. I've, like, ever since I listened to this, I've been listening to a lot of their other stuff. They're just, like, bite-sized and nice and, like, little interviews with such interesting people. Mm. Um, yeah, I really liked it. Uh, but, yeah, I uh, my thoughts on this podcast... I don't know they sort of varied because I mean it it made me want to like dive into this field um Mm -hmm. just academia is so interesting uh and like the idea of getting to to uh, dive into archives and yeah figure more of this out is really cool and to be frank the guy who is doing it right now like he's one of the only guys really looking into this um I wrote in my notes he's kind of a catholic pussy uh, yeah, he definitely is. In one, can you explain? Can you elaborate on that? He wrote this whole entire book on the history of like 
psychedelics in early Christianity and like and he seemed very knowledgeable about it and like mm-hmm. had a lot of in- very interesting things to say and like yeah totally respect him as a researcher or whatever mm-hmm. but at the end of the podcast the the interviewer who was like interviewing him was like and so correct me if I'm wrong but you've never done psychedelics right and he was like yeah no I mean they're still illegal in the United States so I haven't done them and I was like bro you've no, done just this- like such a pussy you've done this whole research about how all these people in the past were like being enlightened and like developing religion and seeing God from like psychedelics. And you were like, well, it's illegal in the US. Guess I can't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think there's very valid reasons for not wanting to do psychedelics. Like yeah, obviously- no, that's true. That's true. No one should but, like have to, but clearly- <laughs> But I think that if you are researching it, I think you should have to. Yes, because throughout the whole podcast, I was like, there's a weird disconnect here. I don't know what it is, but- there's a weird disconnect. And then him. at the very end, he's like, yep, never done them. <laughs> yep. He just, uh, it, it, it's so crazy that he did all this research and he just doesn't get it. Like the way he was talking about this experience was very much like, I mean, yeah, they like it. That's for them. Right. And yeah, I, yeah. I just, uh, oh I just can't gosh. imagine doing all that work and then not even wanting to try it. Like, mm. yeah, totally valid reasons that people have for not doing psychedelics, but like clearly he's interested in the topic. Why would yeah. I, I I wrote um in my notes, it makes me wonder if he worries that psychedelics will challenge his faith. Yeah, because, because he did talk mm, about how he was like still like very Catholic, like and uh-huh. Catholic, but like still practices. And he was um when he was talking about like he cited this statistic that I believe it was like two-thirds of Catholics in the United States don't believe they're like actually eating the like body and drinking the blood of christ when they do communion Mm -hmm. and he was like so like yeah there's really like a disconnect of like um of like religion these days and people aren't like in it really and it was like well yeah they're eating a cracker like yeah (laughs) i know that like i don't know i just thought yeah he definitely had a different lived experience for me and he's valid for that but it was a little confusing with the yeah i mean it's hard to it's it's hard to tell someone from a different background than me like you're wrong yeah Um, no and I'm not saying he's wrong I'm just like confused by his like general ethos with the research like I totally agree like just confused and he had this quote he I wrote down he just said Catholicism works just fine for some people and like true Catholicism does work just fine for some people but that doesn't mean that they um aren't living lives that could be considered kind of hateful uh mm-hmm. I just think that like a lot of Catholicism I mean Michaela like you grew up Irish Catholic like mm-hmm. I-, I remember you telling me about you going to church and and just some of the messages they were spreading were not yeah. the the messages that you would find in early Christianity mm-hmm. um especially when psychedelics were still like a bigger part of that community yeah um, well I just so I don't I don't know if like if you're gonna dive into the life article later um yeah but like just um briefly touching on that it said you know that some cultures um are mysophilic and some cultures are mysophobic um Mm -hmm. and i like have to wonder if that's connected with religion because like it talks about like you know like mushrooms being you know a spiritual thing practice and like if we look at kind of later Christianity, it's kind of seen as everything that has power and spiritual meaning or experience with people is seen as direct opposition to the um, Christian church. Like 
um like it's seen as demonic and something that um like satan can use in order to like Mm -hmm. you know warp people's minds or whatever turn them away from god but away from christianity away from christian god yeah um so i wonder if this guy that you guys are talking about who did this podcast was that is what he was worried about is like these people have their experiences and spiritual experiences with the the mushrooms but i don't even want to give my chance like give myself the chance or open the door to experiencing um spirituality that isn't connected to the church yeah and i can understand why that's kind of scary but it just like as a researcher like why yeah i i also understand how that'd be scary but like my personal belief is like just how I live my life is I don't think that um I don't like having beliefs that I haven't explored all my other options do you know what I mean I feel like you should be like educated on different areas and really be confident in what you believe in because you've um experienced and tried to understand other points of view Mm -hmm. so I feel like with that like I feel like religion um it would be you would have a better relationship with god and your religion if you were to explore your other options of spirituality as well yeah but no i I think you're i think you're right (laughs) Um, yeah no you would think that if he really had faith in in uh, his catholicism that he wouldn't be so afraid to maybe test the water somewhere else no that's a good point um yeah i i don't know and then and moving on in that podcast uh he also just he was talking about this is what was so interesting to me what christianity would look like now mm-hmm. if that had been a part of it would anyone survive um because mm-hmm. like maybe not maybe it wouldn't have um well, but i, think, it, I was ahead. gonna say i don't it wouldn't have been the like world force of like colonialism and control mm-hmm. that it is today because mm-hmm. it it just wouldn't be <laughs> yeah I think we would have a lot more respect for people who um uh, whose main points of living are about like living in nature and off the land i i just think like a lot of mm-hmm. um oh my God, so indigenous true. religion and thought is based in nature um and we really drifted away from that um yeah it's just like it's crazy to think about all these things connected together and think about how like yeah now there's this institution of the like the catholic church and christianity and how that is separate from mushrooms and now like psychedelics are considered this like like you said or you were talking about earlier like this psych like this like party thing that's like not connected to spirituality at all and it's Mm -hmm. like if we would have kept the original meaning of the spirituality of psychedelics like how just yeah how different our world would be like yeah and, and, and yeah just like you said like respecting indigenous people and the land and like each other um yeah and and like women I don't know they they were just saying on the podcast like they think that Christianity would be a lot more like women-led um Mm -hmm. because uh, yeah I mean started with women like they started with women and women are so 
there's just like an inherent connection between women and nature like not only in our culture but just like it yeah it's like giving life and like yes um no and mother nature there's a huge link there Mm -hmm. that um power and control do not really allow space for so I just it yeah it's kind of crazy to think about those hypotheticals of like what our world would look like Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I don't want to pretend like psychedelics are like this cure all. No. Um, yeah, no. But they definitely were like respected and loved for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah, like we were making paintings and statues, and uh, and the shaman was like one of the most important people in the community. It just, I, mm-hmm. we're just missing out on such a. Uh, an interesting piece of culture and life I think yeah it Um, seemed to be such an important part of like human life and human experience like when you like what you were just saying about like the Spanish caves like like they only put up there like what was very important to their life and to their experience mm -hmm. and it's just like that means that like this experience to them was important like in their livelihoods yeah yeah, but that brings me to our experience in the U.S. with psychedelics, um, because how we discovered them and the rise of like hippie culture is so interesting. Um, so, quick question with that: um, So, what is there no evidence of using psychedelics prior to the '70s in in North America? God no. Or no oh. I mean, God, like yes, there is. Like people have been doing consuming things from the earth as long as we've been around like in the in the North yeah North indigenous North. people were doing yeah. that okay okay but okay, westerners okay. were not and it but it wasn't the okay. 70s um lsd was synthesized in the 30s i want to say um but it was it wasn't it it wasn't really popular until the 60s late 50s mm-hmm. um but 60s uh and and MK Ultra was I want to say in the fifties. Mm-hmm. Let me Google that. Uh, let me see, forties, mm-hmm. but forties and fifties. Um. So yeah, fifties. Uh, that was I'm not gonna get too deep into that because that is like a whole thing of its own. But that was the CIA. Uh, they thought that they could use psychedelics for mind control um, because this Swiss guy had synthesized LSD. They were trying to use it. Um, it's so deeply messed up. I think we all know this. The US is just, we've done some really, 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 really awful things. And I think MKUltra is probably a low for us. I, uh, if, if you're interested, there's like a five part series, last podcast on the left, they dive mm. into it. It's, mm-hmm. it's crazy though. Um, but yeah, uh, Albert Hoffman discovered LSD. That was a whole thing. Um, uh, and then 1957 was when the Life magazine was published. Mm. Uh, it, it's a photo essay. It's this guy, R. Gordon Wasson, uh, and his experience trying psychedelic mushrooms in Mexico. Uh, Michaela and I both read this. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a banker. So just some guy, and he brought his photographer friend Alan Richard, Alan Richardson, um, and they both claimed to be the 
quote unquote, first white men in recorded history to have the flesh of the gods, because in Mexico, that's what they called them, uh, flesh of the gods, like that was the translation. Um, and he was a mushroom enthusiast, but he wasn't like, this was his first experience with psychedelic mushrooms. Um, I, th I thought it was interesting what he was saying about how he got into mushrooms with his wife, because mm -hmm. she's Russian. Mm -hmm. um, that's how I knew I wanted to send that one to you, Michaela. Yeah. Um, because in Russia, like I was saying in Siberia, they they love this mushroom. This mushroom is like yeah. magical. Uh, mushrooms are just like an important and cool thing in Russia. Um, they're not afraid of mushrooms like we are here. And his wife just had such a vastly different reaction um, than him when they like stumbled upon a mushroom together and it sort of started their journey into uh, the mushroom world because mm -hmm. um, he wanted to know more about that but yeah. yeah he uh he went to he went to Mexico and met this woman um Eva Mendez that's not her real name but that is what they were calling her in the life article mm -hmm. um her title is the uh Quaradera mm -hmm. Qu Quarandera um and uh, they were like so deep in Mexico. These people did not speak Spanish. They spoke um, Mixtec because uh, they were indigenous. Um, yeah, I, and uh, they, they just had this really interesting experience with her. Um, I have this quote that she said during the ceremony. What, basically what they did was they went in with um, Eva and then a couple other people and they all took mushrooms together. Uh, and during the ceremony, Eva was having, she was singing and um, saying different things over and over again, sort of just trying to be a guide through their experience. But this quote she says is, uh, am I not good? I am a creator woman, a star woman, a moon woman, a cross woman, a woman of heaven. I am a cloud person, a dew on the grass person. Um, I thought that was pretty. Mm -hmm. Take yourself, I'm a moon woman, I think. What? I said, take yourself, I'm a moon woman. Oh, I think I'm a do on the grass person. You totally are. Yeah. Thanks. Um, um, can I can I go back to just before we really dive into like his experience more? Can I mm -hmm. um, talk about the how he got into it? Oh yeah. Was that like what you were saying with the his Russian wife and how like that's what I was saying earlier when I mentioned this earlier about the mysophobic and mysophilic cultures that um him, him and his wife they found some mushrooms and yeah she was so enthused and was saying you know all the little russian names of them and he was like Ugh, like i don't really mm, like mushrooms aren't really my thing and i thought it was so beautiful how after that because of that one experience and how they came from two different cultures they were curious as to why they had that difference and they wanted mm -hmm. to find that out from each other and, you know, not that it was a conflict, but, you know, kind of resolve it in a way to see why is it that we have these differences between us because of our cultures. And that started their whole research journey about mysophilic and mysophobic uh, cultures and the history of mushrooms. And, you know, that got him into this whole research thing that, you know, spurred into kind of how like psychedelics came to be like for yeah. you know, people in, in the US um you know and why he went to Mexico and everything um yeah because well, so yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we don't we don't have a lot of evidence for psychedelics being used in um 
you know, like Denmark or Sweden or the UK, mm-hmm. any like uh, where a lot of these colonizers came mm-hmm. from, not necessarily Denmark and Sweden, but um, Northern Europe, I guess. Right. There, there isn't a lot of psilocybin activity there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that difference sort of makes sense. Yeah. Um, also something I want to mention about this article as a whole, like before you get into like the content of it, is that um, I think you sent me a second article that was talking about the life article, like after mm-hmm. it, it's its publication. And it talked about how kind of part of MK Ultra, um, how the CIA funded this guy's bro, research. Bro, like, bro, I know. Like, like he I, that, know. that's my that was my last comment on here because uh, I don't want to talk about that yet. I just okay, want to okay, present. Okay, okay, okay. The, the but yes, yeah. Okay, well, but, okay. But other comment about the article as a whole is I just can't believe how like in this um, Life article, you know, it was in the Life magazine and it, you know, it was kind of this anthropological study. And it's so wild to me that during this period, like you were able to talk about psychedelics in such an anthropological and mm-hmm. like scientific and, you know, respected way and talk about it like, with its spiritual origins and like as this like valid um you know thing to study whereas like after the publication of this all of a sudden it turned into this like party thing that's completely disrespected completely a taboo um that shouldn't be taken seriously or talked about yeah it's great um yeah wait can i can i before we dive in well i mean this is diving into it but can i read a quote that was very significant to me from this yeah go ahead okay from life article is he said the mushrooms are sacred and never the butt of vulgar jocularity that is often the way of white men with alcohol yeah i thought that was so interesting because it was yeah it's like respected not used as a he's a little foreshadowing okay okay um but yeah no good quote Mm-hmm. uh yeah uh but yeah he he went in he had this experience he was hallucinating um and i think it was really impactful for him and this guy his, his photographer oh, yeah. friend um and one thing he mentioned was that throughout his studies something that he found a lot of different native groups uh, something they said was they carry you to where God is mm-hmm. like that was the general sentiment that all of these different natives mm-hmm. he was encountering were saying um mm-hmm. yeah and then I, I don't know he also talked about how like the native people were recognizing that these mushrooms weren't a cure in themselves uh right. but they had this idea that they could quote-unquote consult with the mushrooms um which yeah it's it's so cool just like that they really harness this as a tool uh for helping them um Mm -hmm. yeah and he goes in discussing how they're not addictive which like that then would become such a controversial thing later um because they're not they're not addictive um but you know our dear old nixon really wanted us to think that they were um (laughs) our buddy dick yeah. Um, well, even in that, the beginning of that, um, the, the documentary that have a good trip, um, like they, they begin the, the documentary with all these clips of, from that era 
of you know Nixon and and others other politicians like talking about like the effects of psychedelics and people jumping out windows and you mm-hmm. know and, yeah. and the addictive addictive side of it you know yeah uh have a good trip that's a documentary on Netflix um that is actually a documentary that got me really interested in history of psychedelics because it's a lot of um it's a lot of rich white people just talking about their stories which Mm -hmm. like interesting people like a lot of those people I think are cool they're comedians and actors and people that like I don't I don't don't know if I say I look up to them but I I think they're cool I guess yeah Uh, and ASAP Rocky is in it and he starts to talk about his experience with psychedelics and what the black community thinks of psychedelics and Mm -hmm. I just thought that was so interesting because you know we as white people take a lot of our culture from other oppressed cultures specifically Mm -hmm. black people um Mm -hmm. we really like to make fun of them for what they do and then 20 years down the line claim it for ourselves and so when I was watching that and he was talking about how the black community was generally really afraid of psychedelics Mm -hmm. um at least in the United States it made me wonder whose they were then if it wasn't them um and like I wanted to explore more I guess this concept of like psychedelics as a gate kept experience versus one that was shared with everybody um because I was reading like even in Egypt who they they take a lot of inspiration from the Greeks but in Egypt, you had to be of a certain status to take psychedelics, mm. um, which watching the Have a Good Trip documentary just made me kind feel the same you way. That. Yeah, yeah. Where it's well, it's like, especially it's, it's that's that's something that could be said of all drugs in the United States. Yeah. You know, of um of things that are illegal, like you know, having privilege comes with like you know being able to do things that are against the law, and you can get away with it. Whereas you know, like that, you know, I was um talking to some people recently who were talking about um you know just getting some cannabis delivered from california and and taking gummies from their friend who had started a business there for cannabis and um you know i'm just thinking like oh this is so easy for them and they're able to you know people in california like you know this argument has been said again and again and again but you know people in california are profiting having million dollar businesses off cannabis while you know people of color sit in jail for yeah you know cannabis offenses and it just yeah it, it connects to what you're saying about like you know is ha- has psychedelics became something for the elites like you know with the way that we have it mm-hmm. yeah and I think they have been at least in the United States because yeah I mean these people obviously you can't touch them they can make this documentary about all these illegal things they've done and mm-hmm. it's completely fine no one's gonna no one's gonna do anything about it not that they yeah. even could but uh yeah we we're, we don't really blink an eye at it we just yeah um and not to say they shouldn't have made it it was really interesting and their stories are funny and yeah no I I love to get high and watch those that's like it, it's a really fun documentary but it's it's it does bring up this question of of uh, like gatekeeping I guess and, mm-hmm. and like in the, the article the article that you sent me like after the one that's kind of follow up to the life article it also talks about mm-hmm. like how um kind of following the the life the publication of the life article like a lot of studies were being done with psychedelics as well like in very highly educated communities like Ivy Leagues um Harvard 
Um, yeah. You know, and again, that's just, a, it's a very certain community of people. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Um, but yeah, to, to move on to the, the article that was sort of a follow-up to this Life magazine yeah. publication, because that was published in 57, um, and that was like the first time people had ever really heard about this quote-unquote magic mushroom. This is what coined that term, magic mushroom. Um, but this, this Life magazine publication did not do, um, did not do great things for the Life article. Yeah. What did I say? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm clarifying. Oh yeah. It did not do great things for this community in Mexico and did not do, I mean, it's, it's debatable if you consider what happens to be good or not. Um, in the 60s but uh yeah so her real name is Sabina, Sabina. something Sabina something um and uh yeah it messed up it messed up her life can um, I can I provide a a quote that was really significant yes. to me of that article yes, go ahead. So, um sabina's reluctance to introduce wasson to the ceremony had less to do with his being a foreigner and more to do with the fact that wasson and his colleague weren't in need of healing yeah and i think that connects to like like this wasn't said a ton a ton a ton in like the articles that we read for this but it is something that i have read about with psychedelics is this idea of like intention before you mm-hmm. enter the experience and i was trying really hard to think about when we had our experience with mushrooms like what 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 was our intention because i don't remember like i i kind of feel like it was just like have fun like i think like I don't remember. I, don't I think we wanted to like no. <laughs> do something together as friends and like yeah have that shared experience. I don't know if we had like a specific goal in mind, but like yeah, and that was like <laughs> I that was like the it, lowest point of my freaking life. And yeah, at least for me, I wasn't going into the it with the mindset of like party. Let's get no, no party. Like, no, 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 no. I knew that we no, we knew that it I wasn't think I, going I to be that. To have but... like a meaningful experience with my friends. I don't think it was just yeah. Like fun. Well. And I don't think I could have predicted how meaningful that experience was going to be, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't, I, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember thinking like, oh, this is going to be crazy and fun. No, and- no, no, no. Not crazy. But like, just like mind altering in some way. Like I, yeah. I just don't, okay. I don't, I guess what I'll say is I don't remember setting an intention that I feel like I would now with my understanding of having done it once and like reading about it and kind of just like my experience like spiritually and how I relate to the world now I feel like my experience would be completely different oh not completely different but like um I think maybe my intentions going into it would be a bit different yeah I don't know I don't I don't want to tell people how they (laughs) can do drugs um yeah because I I don't know if you necessarily need to have an intention intention like last time I did them I just was like I just want to enjoy myself I want to I just want to hang out in nature Mm -hmm. but I guess that was my intention was connecting to nature um I don't I, I I really respect that a lot of these communities um use them as a way to heal and I think that's great um 
but I also think that it's it's there's nothing shameful in um wanting to use them for the euphoria I just think that it can be taken too far um mm-hmm. and obviously the the how it unfolds in the United States was too far um mm-hmm. I I know that I haven't mentioned Timothy Leary yet but just the way he conducts himself um isn't it's just so not rooted in um the medicinal intentions of these native people uh, what, but like what, you're saying you, wait can you explain i don't i don't know i'll i'll gonna... get there i'll get there okay. in a second i okay. i want to keep talking about this okay this uh um this article first because i have a quote from yeah. it as well okay. uh the publicity was disastrous for the Mazatec community who blamed Sabina for bringing misfortune to the village and defiling the Velada ritual. Sabina's house was burned down and Federales frequently raided her home, accusing her of selling drugs to foreigners. Hippies rented cabins in neighboring villages. Tourists had bad trips and went raving naked through town. One might ask why Sabina turned so few foreigners away. Some accounts attribute it to her kindness, others to a resigned acceptance of her new role as the cultural ambassador of the Maztec uh, mushroom ritual. She was also known to occasionally charge tourists for her services. Um, And that is what Timothy Leary was doing, was he was renting these cabins in these villages and inviting a bunch of his rich white friends, his elite friends, Mm. to come and take these mushrooms and just sit out by the pool and enjoy themselves which like nothing inherently wrong with that but Mm -hmm. it's just like come on man have some sense have some common sense about the roots and origins of what you're doing right now Mm -hmm. um that's yeah that's my issue with like something that I'd maybe like to look more into and kind of have like a difficult time and like figuring out how I relate to that is like talking about the spirituality of um of these substances like as white people and like I don't know I I wouldn't want to like be like yes this spiritual experience for me but like taking it from somebody who I'm I'm never going to be in that context or like understand it and then like people go down this path of the spirituality for themselves and then want it to be even more intense and want the same experiences of its origins and then will travel to that place go into those communities when it's like not really theirs like I think that there's maybe nothing inherently wrong with wanting to have that experience and learning from other peoples and like learning Mm -hmm. spiritually but it's like with the context of how the world is right now I think that there is something wrong with like making it into an industry and like you know popularizing it so that everybody does it so that it is like you know something that's harmful to the original communities and the original meanings um I agree like, it's it's, it's yeah. too late for us we we need to I, I I like exactly what you said about the industry we yeah if if we end up <laughs> at least going into those communities and making them an industry like that's so fucked up yeah um, yeah like, I think there's like, a difference between like being invited into those communities and right. welcomed versus yeah like my favorite youtuber um you know I loved I, I might use past tense here loved him and respected him so much for so long but recently he made a video 
in Guatemala and me and my friend were talking about it how it was just really jarring to see from him because I thought that he was a very like culturally aware and respectful person um when he traveled and he made this whole video about this community in Guatemala that like has just been converted to this like spiritual haven for like white people um he went on a yoga retreat which again there's nothing wrong with going on a yoga retreat and wanting to you know relax and you know have a good time in a different environment like at face value that's not something that's wrong but he's making this video and it's all like English you know written everywhere in the in the community and it's like do you not see what's wrong with that? Like when it's like the locals don't speak English, like it, everything is catered towards this new like spiritual tourism and all the industries and all these spiritual things are being run by white people and are owned by white people. And they're pushing out the community because of like yeah. the prices, you know? I just like don't know how you can't be, uh, or I, I guess it's not how to phrase it, but like obviously that has roots in colonizing like, yeah yeah no absolutely um okay yeah so back to mushrooms mm-hmm. um i yeah i just what you mentioned earlier i did just want to throw in because i like gasped out loud um when i read this that that his work in um in mexico caught the attention of the cia and they secretly funded trips for um for him to collect more specimen because they were in the middle of MK Ultra, uh, and uh, they they were he didn't know they were doing it under a shell organization um, named Geschichter Fund for Medical Research. Um, but it was really just the CIA. It was the CIA. They wanted all that info. Just like after doing all this research and listening to that whole MK Ultra podcast, and just everything's linked. Everything's linked. Yeah. Um, that's just crazy though. That's crazy to me. Um, yeah. Fuck the CIA. If you learn anything today, it's fuck the CIA. Yeah. Um, that usually is the lesson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so not only did this catch the attention of the CIA, but it caught the attention of Timothy Leary, who yep. at the time was a psychologist at Harvard up and coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he got a hold of the mushrooms and LSD, he did work with both. He was using undergraduate volunteers to record their experiences. He just like, he was doing what we're doing now uh, and trying to see what we can get out of this, um, how we can heal the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but he was not um, very well, res- he did not come to be very well respected in the scientific community because his processes were just all over the place. He was sometimes performing these tests while he himself was under the influence. Um, mm-hmm. Very poorly controlled conditions, no random selection of subjects. And eventually he was fired uh, for administering LSD to just random undergrad students off campus. Um, and he was banished from academia. Um, yeah. yeah, he even did this, um, he did this. He did this experiment on prisoners, that was really mm-hmm. interesting. That like, if he had done it correctly, could have been really interesting. But it was on recidivism rates. Um, mm-hmm. But he didn't use any control, uh, and it's like it sucks and it's awesome because there was some uh, some sort of positive effect. Uh, but when he 
when you're not doing things that are sort of like to the letter, when it comes to research, it's just really hard to take things as fact. Um, and uh, and also, you know, our prison system is fucked. It's always been fucked. Oh, really? Uh, is it fucked? I, actually, <laughs> I thought it was really nice and cool and good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really nice and cool and good. And they, it was just sort of hard to, to fully grasp the effects of psilocybin um under the conditions of our prison system um because a lot of people in this experiment were sent back to prison but not necessarily for recidivism but for parole violations um Mm. so yeah just hard to measure uh and also he did not do any discussion of the negative effects of the psychedelics and how yeah, completely mm. ignored them no he completely ignored the bad and only was writing about the good and like i said no control just like super so obviously you're not gonna gain respect in the like in actual research about it if you're not like fully covering it no. yeah um, um can i read a quote from of course that about them mm-hmm. um so it said once we're so about what you were saying that he was administering drugs to undergrads like just yeah willy-nilly um it said once word got out to authorities leary and elpert were fired soon after leary began his public campaign um exhorting america's youth to tune in turn on and drop out um elpert traveled to india and came um came back bearded wearing a dhoti and calling himself ram das by 1966 um psilocybin and uh were legal in the united states yeah he just like his like obviously he saw the positive effects of psychedelics mm-hmm. but he clearly didn't have a lot of respect for or maybe knowledge of the history um yeah. or so, his own whiteness yeah this was a, a comment that i made on like reading about this i said mm-hmm. it's so interesting that with a new discovery especially something so unknown to them like like it was basically just like that life article but like there wasn't a lot of like research about like the psychological effects and like what you know it could maybe do long term because this is a substance you know um so especially something so unknown that these academics these people who are harvard professors were so willing to just trip every weekend like that's what it said in the in the articles mm-hmm. that they trip were tripping every single weekend and it's like i don't know it just it's hard for me to believe that people that were so well educated weren't taking a step back and thinking hey maybe i yeah. shouldn't be doing this <laughs> like yeah and maybe that has something to say about like the power of of psilocybin and LSD and like mm-hmm. really where they um just how affected they were by this experience they were having but that doesn't mean that <laughs> they should have gone out and done all that um but like so, I was so, talking yeah just like I was saying earlier I mean even when he first got the mushrooms from Eva he didn't then go and see their rituals with it. He went back yeah. to his villa and ingested them by his pool. Right. And uh, he did have a quote. Where is it? Um, he said, I learned more about my brain and its possibilities and more about psychology and the five hours after taking these mushrooms than in the preceding 15 years of studying and doing research in psychology. So clearly like huge impact on him, but that doesn't mean that you can just like, <laughs> not like we still live in a society, you know, yeah. you, can't, uh, you can't 
just forget all the context around what you're doing. So I have a question for you then just talking about them doing it every weekend. Um, I know that previously we discussed like how like I thought I had this knowledge that I can't tell you where I got it from, but I thought I'd heard that, oh, you're not supposed to do um, psychedelics, like even mushrooms, like very close together. Like, like you're not supposed to do it a lot. Um, but then you and I had a discussion where you were like, oh, that's like not really true. Yeah, I mean, who's to say if it's true or not true? Um, especially with like synthesized psychedelics, it's hard to say, but. Um... So physically, no, they like they're, as far as we know, you can do them as much as you want, but we still need to. So it doesn't have like an effect on the brain that's like negative, like killing brain cells or something? Well, I don't think we know fully. Yeah, we don't hundred percent know, but we do know that it actually does inhibit some sort of growth in your brain. Um, oh, which is why which, you should do them when you're like twelve. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, like I said, when I started to get into the science portions of this research, like I had to be like, I don't know, I don't know, I need yeah. to into this because I am not equipped to talk about that. Like I'm a history major, right, and a justice studies major. Like that's that's what I know. That's what I can talk about, and an art major, yeah. art minor. So mm-hmm. I figured I would focus on. What- yeah, that's like combining all of those. But yeah, you wow. might want to get somebody on here that uh, <laughs> is a scientist. You should have Ellie look into it. Yeah, where's Pipette at? um why is she leaving yeah i do need a scientist on here uh but the only thing i was able to find was that like your tolerance does build pretty quickly with mushrooms so i I believe it's like after 14 days your your tolerance is reset but uh yeah i i I don't want to be the person to say do all the psychedelics you want don't do like i said i don't want to tell people how to do drugs i just want people to respect and have knowledge on like what they're doing um and like acknowledging the privilege the whiteness brings to this yeah in this conversation um right yeah uh let me see yeah I mean that's really all I have to say about Timothy Leary like he he is thought to be responsible for the 60s psychedelic movement um and the reason not not necessarily the life article the life article brought to the United States Mm -hmm. Timothy Leary was the one who got good at dispersing them um well and because LSD was not illegal there was a pharmaceutical company the one that synthesized it that was just giving it out if you asked for it and you were like i'm a scientist i would like to do yeah. research on this they would send it to you um, yeah so yeah it, it got dispersed but he like he became so known in pop culture in fact i'm right now i'm also writing an essay on um the movie alien for a film class i'm in mm-hmm. um and I was reading about production design and Mm -hmm. the guy who did a lot of the the design for the uh, movie uh, wrote a book on it and Timothy Leary did the foreword for the book. Interesting. I know, like they were buddies. Like this was like such a guy. He was like everywhere doing everything, getting involved with all these like- Taking a lot of LSD. Taking a lot of LSD, getting involved with the elites. Um, Yeah, but I just, I wanted to wrap this up talking about psychedelics and art again because Hmm. this is this was one of the last things I read about it and it sort of like 
was bringing things full circle for me. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'll share this again with you. Um, but just that like psychedelics are everywhere in art, uh, mm-hmm. especially like traditional art. Um, I'll show you these pics. Uh, so on the right here, the right top, these were found in that same cave that uh, the Datura was found um, mm-hmm. or that same sort of cave system. It's the same people, the Chumash people. Um, just like note all that geometry. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, and then below that I have a mandala and that is pretty uh, important in India. Um, and the mandala is meant to represent wholeness. I have this quote, uh, he's a famous psychonaut, and he noted that through his work with the unconscious mind, the motif of circles kept coming up when he was drawing and with his patients, like just circles. And this is a quote from his autobiography. I sketched every morning in a notebook, a small circular drawing, which seemed to correspond to my inner situation at the time. Only gradually did I discover what the mandala really is, the self, the wholeness of the personality, which if all goes well is harmonious. Um, Mm. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then also like Aztec art, oops, as you can see here, um, it's got all that geometry and there's like the wholeness of the circle, uh, it's it's just so interesting to me, um, and, it, and it makes you want yeah that these like what oh I was just gonna say that these like very very similar patterns like come up in like all these different cultures. It's yes, no, it, cool. and note that like not in like Western art, like traditional European Western art is like you know depictions of real life and sure. not really Snooze. anything like creative until until. I mean, like, I'm just, like, talking out of my ass. I don't know if this is, like, actually true, but, like, uh, from my understanding of the world is, like, European traditional art, like, subscribing to a certain depiction of actual life until modern art came to, like, into Western culture, which was kind of in the 60s, 70s, we started to create, like, modernism and, like, more creative, you know, things that weren't, I don't know. At least yeah. in the United States, I feel like it's it's just it's different. It's for sure different. Um, and it does it makes you wonder why do all of these cultures who have psychedelics in common also have this art in common? And mm-hmm. it, 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 yeah, it's just it's cool. And there's something about like the wholeness of the circle. I yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah, and then and modern day, uh, I have a little blurb on that. Uh, although still federally illegal with no accepted medical use, scientists and psychologists, psychologists all over the United States have begun working with psilocybin to treat mental health issues. Major breakthroughs have been made and states are slowly beginning to decriminalize the use of psychedelics. It's proven to be effective in treating PTSD, anxiety, depression, and addiction. Um, oh. So we're like this right now, uh, this is the time to be studying psychedelics. Like we are in a psychedelic renaissance as people are saying. Um, mm. And yeah, we're just like starting to accept that these are medicinal um, and we don't have to be afraid of them, uh, but we don't have to abuse them. The Greek word uh, for drugs in, um, in Greek, I said that, the Greek word for drugs is pharma, um, which, mm is like a good and a bad thing their their word means yeah something that can be abused but it's something that 
that um, is medicinal. And I just think we need to work harder at finding the balance. Um, yeah. Because uh, like all the drugs they're using, like psychedelics, uh, ketamine, um, it's all being studied right now. And like, mm. it's not something we have to be necessarily like afraid of. We can- no, because it's just like the war on drugs just like demonized all forms of drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like without any like nuance or, you know, exploring the positive aspects of them. Yeah. No, and I, I would have loved to, I, I would love to in general to do a deep dive on that. Like everything that I was researching, I was like, I'm only touching the surface of this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this was just meant to be like, a brief overview because like yeah the war on drugs we could talk about for hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's cool stuff but yeah that's that's my that was the research i did for my project on history of psychedelics it's um, very thorough uh like thank you for saying so because as i was sitting here presenting it all i was like man i didn't touch on anything like mm. obviously i am but all every single topic we talked about deserves its own hour long like hours of talking about yeah 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 well it's just like yeah when something is criminalized and when something has like the research and discussion of it has been oppressed and has been converted into a taboo it's like Mm -hmm. now there's this whole area of exploration that people just it's not really you know discussed until until now like you said with the the renaissance yeah Yeah. that's cool though so keep keep an eye out for for all that research because it's proved so far to be um like kind of insane um Mm -hmm. i just we depend so heavily on ssris right now uh and nobody likes those no and this is just like really cool it's it's a really cool thing and i'm I'm hoping that as a society we can sort of embrace medicine um that's not western yeah definitely yeah I mean, it is Western though, like whatever. It's everywhere. It's yeah. everywhere. Um, yeah, but that's uh, that's it, ladies. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Thank you for having us. Yes, it's I been really a pleasure. It. it really has. You're so, you're so knowledgeable, Hannah. You are. Clara, I was thinking the same thing with both of you as you were talking. I was like, oh, I, I'm glad I brought my smart lady friends on here. Um, but like I said, you should have you got Ellie on here to talk about the scientific... Well, she is going to take, Ellie's my roommate. She's going to take a mycology class next semester. Um, oh. So maybe perfect. that can be part two of the pod. Yeah. Part two, yeah. Yeah, maybe this is going to be a whole series. Maybe this is just the introduction. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks, ladies. Thank you. Thanks, Hannah.